Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Get into the message. So we are walking through four weeks of Ephesians. Really, it should take a whole bunch of more weeks than that. Um, but, but I was given four. And in the last couple of weeks, we've been sitting in the sit walk, stand perspective. And, and I'm just going to reflect back on, on that sit, walk, stand. That, that phrase was coined by a Chinese pastor called Watchman Nee. And the basic premise is this when we're walking through Ephesians. We are first to rest, to sit in our position in Christ. Then, as a natural outflowing, walk the kingdom life. And then lastly, to stand in Christ's name against evil. So the first two weeks, we were, we were focusing on the sit, and today we are going to step into the walk. And, and bef- before we get deep into the walk, I, I, I want to just share the, the prayer that Paul shares in Ephesians that is still um, probably one of my favorite prayers, and it's one that I pray for me, it's one that I pray for you. I probably need to pray it more often, um, but we're going to open up, we're going to open up this as a prayer. I'm going to read this, but we're going we're gonna to pray this as, as we go through. So, Father, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to you, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from your glorious, unlimited resources, you will empower us with inner strength through your spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Your roots will grow down. Our roots will grow down into God's love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. Amen. I love, I love that prayer. I, I, it always, so it always chokes me up. I'm, I'm fascinated that there's, like, there's an element of it that always resonates in a slightly different way than reading some other scriptures. That, one's just, that one just rings well for me. And it's, and it's one that I want to keep in mind. And, and, and last week, as we were focusing on the second part of, of sitting, um, we'll just do a quick recap. So last week, it was sit and remember, sit and reflect, and sit with intention to walk. Sit and remember that, that once, once you were dead, I was dead. That, that I was living separate from God, separated from him, wandering around after the worldly pleasures rather than walking in Christ. I was, I was dead. I was spiritually dead. I need to remember that. And then I can sit and reflect that because of his love and his mercy, he forgave me. That he welcomed me into community with him and his family. He added me to his house built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And then we get to sit with the intention to walk that, that in this new life, um, he is setting examples for, of, of his incredible wealth, his incredible grace and kindness towards us. And he's giving us the opportunity to, to walk right in preparation to do the things that he had planned for me to do. He's got, he's got stuff planned for us to do, ultimately to bring him glory. And in this new life, I am his masterpiece we are his masterpiece, getting ready to, to do these things. Am I a finished masterpiece? I am. I don't know about you. <laughs> I am not even close. But what I know is I'm not dead. And that, and that new life is the masterpiece. And we've got this opportunity now to, to step in the walk and to grow in 
our, our likeness of Christ, to grow in a relationship with him, to see something different, to be transformed. We're, we're growing into that. So this morning, as we, as we step into the walk, we're going to be looking at sections of Ephesians um, 4 through 6. Like I said, it's, this could be months long of, of, of sermons, but we're, just, we're going to look at a handful of verses um, that, that can be taken into whatever situation of life that you're, you're focused on. That You can go through Ephesians and you can say, so husbands, you need to be focused here. Wives, you need to be focused here. Children, here, parents, here, that, that there, are, there are some specifics there, but there's some overarching principles that, that are, are seen in Ephesians and how we can walk that, that really play out in any relationship that you've got. Husbands, wives, children, parents, employer, employee, neighbors, friends, ministry workers, friends, enemies. It's for all of them. That these principles are for all of them. Any, anywhere that you're interacting with people, Anywhere in your 20 square feet of influence, you've got the opportunity to walk well. So let's look at what that looks like. First, we can walk in discipline. Ephesians 5.15 says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So be careful. So be careful. Um, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, if we've got any chefs in here. Raise your hand if you're a chef. We got a couple, so you guys know how to use knives. So for all of you non-chefies, um, I used to be a chef, and I had my, my kids working with me in the kitchen a couple years back, and neither of them are chefs. You know, and I, I had to kind of teach them how to, how to do stuff. And um, if, if you're a chef and you use a knife, you know how to hold your fingers. And there's a very specific way to hold your fingers. And, and it's not necessarily like uh, intuitive if you have no clue what you're doing, that that it's, it's, it's good to hold stuff like this, right? And I would teach my kids, you have to roll your fingers. You have to keep your fingertips in so that the knife slides against your knuckles because if your fingertips stick out, you're going you're gonna to cut them. You know, that, that's, uh, you're going to cut them. And so I would show them how to do that. They would do that for a little bit, and, but I have to keep an eye on them because I would see their hands starting to, to go down. I was like, be careful. You're going to cut yourself. And they would get fed up with me Saying, be careful. It's like, but you're going to cut yourself. Be careful. Be careful. That, that uh, initially, their, their, default, their default behavior was just to hold the onion. But you had to train them to, in, a, in a discipline manner. So this, is, this is how you do it. You need to do it this way. You have to be thinking about it. You have to be very thoughtful of it. Even me as a chef, when I shift, my thumb sneaks out there or my fingers are just a little bit out there, I've got the scars. I've lost chunks of my fingers because of me acting thoughtlessly, me starting to wander and not being disciplined with, with what I was doing. Yes. I had, I had to be careful. I tell my kids, be careful. Be intentional. Be disciplined. 
that this is, this is not radically different than, than our walk, that what Paul is telling you is, be, be careful. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Don't, don't, don't do these, these, these foolish things, the de- these default things, um, but be disciplined. So I'll throw this out there right now. You'll hear a lot of uh, default and disciplined behaviors. The default and discipline comes out of my mouth often. Amongst the leaders at Simple Church, default and discipline comes out a lot. And, and, the, and the default way is just like what, whatever happens. You know, what, whatever my gut feeling is, not thinking about it. Um, somebody cuts me off, my first, my default response is, you know, that's, that would be a default thing. And then and the discipline, discipline response is, no, I'm, I'm being intentional. I'm thinking about it. I'm doing it with purpose. I'm doing it um, with, with focus. And I'm going I'm to make the most of the opportunity that's in front of me and respond well. Another, another phrase that you'll hear a lot in this sermon and, and often is uh, there's, there's three steps to a disciplined, a disciplined response. The first is to press pause. The second is to get your mind right, get your spirit right. And the third is to step up, that, that we take this moment that a, a situation occurs and it's like, okay, I've got to be careful. Let me, let me pause for a moment here. What's actually going on? What, is, what, is, what does God want, God want for this opportunity? What's the opportunity in front of me? What do I need to do? How is it that I need to re- respond in a way that reflects? So be careful. Be careful how you live. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What is the opportunity? What does God really want here? And in these verses, it's, it's, it's easy to just pick out some, some straightforward ones. It's, I love being able to read scripture and go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. I like, I'm supposed to do that. And, and Paul gives a couple examples of, of a disciplined response of how we can act in, with discipline. The first is pray for the Holy Spirit to be present and overflowing. It says it right there. Don't be drunk with wine. That's your default. It's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That a press pause, get your mind right moment is press pause. Hold on a second. I need to get my mind right. What does the Spirit want here? I can, I can, I can pray right now. I can give thanks right now. What, what's going to change my, my head and my heart and how I move forward? Maybe, maybe my, my first response in that press pause and getting my mind right is stepping up into worship. That I, that I take a moment to, to pop on a song. I'm in a tough place right now. I, I need to worship. I need to not dwell on, on this default response. I want to step up into something better. Or maybe it's to give thanks. Something's going sideways and you're starting to get a little frazzled. I can press pause. What do I need to give thanks for? And how that, and how that transforms how you're thinking. It allows the spirit to, to work in you, that you're not fighting it. We have the opportunity to have disciplined responses, have disciplined steps in our walk. And as we continue through the, the rest of the points, that is going to be the, the key there, that, that, it, that there's a choice to make a disciplined response, that there's a choice to be intentional, there's a choice to be focused. There's a choice to work on understanding what God desires for us and the opportunity that lays in front of us. What does God want in this moment? What is the opportunity before me? How can I press pause, get my mind right, step up, 
and walk in discipline. The next aspect is this, to walk worthy. Walk worthy. Back in my my younger days, I was an arrogant, selfish, sarcastic jerk. And some of you are saying, well, it's your older days too, you know. (laughs) Yes, I still have my moments. Here's a moment. A couple months back, so we do communion on the third Sunday of every month. I'm I'm looking at my my worship director because she knows the things. And and normally we set it up ahead of time as to who's going to do it. But that week, nobody got scheduled. And I thought it would be funny to show up in one of my typical graphic t-shirts, which prevents me from being on stage. Thought that was, I thought that was a good laugh. My default response to the situation was, <laughs> this will this, be good. So I get here, and I'm sitting on the couch, and Pastor Derek comes up, and he's like, you're not doing communion. And I was like, really? And, and the look on his face was, f- so it was funny at the moment. And then he went to Kyle, to Pastor Kyle, and said, look at him. He's not doing communion. And I looked at Kyle's face, and I thought, well, this is really funny. (laughs) It was really funny. And then it wasn't. (laughs) Then it wasn't. So so you can tell me at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, hey, Aaron's not going to be here. We need you to preach a sermon. It's like, oh, great. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, Kyle wants time to prep. I know that. And, and my default behavior was, was one that ended up doing damage. My sarcasm, my arrogance, my selfishness impacted that relationship in that moment. My walk was not worthy in that moment. What kind of default responses uh, do you have that, that really require no intentionality that are just not worthy? Is sarcasm your thing? Yeah, I see coffee cups going up. Arrogance? Victimhood? Selfishness? Self-protection? BCD. Who here needs to work on being a BCD-er? BCD is blame, complain, defend. That is just like a natural outflowing of, of, of me. I can, I'm, I'm good at that. It's fun. It's satisfying. I don't have to work hard at doing it. But it's not worthy. It's not worthy. We're called to something different. Ephesians 4 says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. 
the King James Version has that first line of, as it says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. I'm begging you. Walk worthy of the calling that you've got. Walk in excellence. Walk in value. Walk in strength. Walk in his power. I, I want to walk worthy. I want, I, want it, I want my walk to be worth something. I want to add value. I don't want to be a roadblock. I want to seize the opportunities that God lays out before me. My default responses and behaviors, they do not get me there. They do not put me in the position to seize the opportunities that he's got for me. We need to step up and walk worthy. So how do we do that? The verses say it right here. They're calling us to be humble, be gentle, be patient, be united. These are hard skills. They're hard skills because, because our, our natural response is traditionally not any of these. But they're learnable skills. They're disciplines that we can grow in. That communion fiasco, I think I refer to it as the communion fiasco because it was, it was not good. I actually had the opportunity to, to see it set right. To not just be a, a sermon story of how much I can suck at times. But to follow up afterwards of, of humbling myself and going to Derek and Kyle and saying, I am so sorry. I fessed up and told them why I thought it was funny. And that was as far as I had considered. But I apologized. Told them what I did was wrong, and I will never do that again. That I will think differently. That, that when those moments come up where it's like, oh, that would be funny. Oh, hold on a second. Let me press pause here. What, is, what does God really want in this situation? What is the opportunity I have here? How do I step up in the moment and walk worthy? Where are you struggling? I know it probably doesn't take much to write down the list of things of our default behaviors. And, and what's cool there is that if you do, you get to acknowledge what they are, that you can see some of the areas that's, that, that, that might be the, the trigger, the stumbling block, the, the moment that you're going to step off the ledge and go, oh. That if, that if we put some thought in it into, into the walk prior, that I, I want to walk worthy, here's, here's my challenge. Here's where I struggle. What does God really want from me right there? What's, what's the opportunity that I have in that moment? How is it that I can press pause, get my mind right, and step up into, the, into that moment and, and walk worthy? Walk worthily? Walk in worthiness? You have the opportunity there to walk worthy. We can also walk lightly. Light can be so many things. There are so many different perspectives to light. Um, Amy, so Amy's had her foot surgery, and she's been kind of stuck in the house. And, and when the sun's out, so this afternoon, it's not going to be windy. The weather's going to be warm, and the sun's going to be out. And so it's going to be porch sitting time this afternoon. 
and and she will she'll roll up her pants and she'll make sure that the sun can hit her legs because it feels nice. It's warm. It's, it gives her energy and it's rejuvenating. I wake up around four or five o'clock in the morning. And so I come out of the room and the house is dark and I don't turn on the lights. I just have, but I have my light on my phone that kind of lights the way so that I don't stumble over all the junk that we've got scattered around our house with that, with that little bit of light. It's significant. Last night we were helping Rowan uh, get dressed for the Celtic ball and she had this beautiful dress. It's just like, holy cow, she's, she's an adult. And, and we were trying to zipper up the zipper, but we had to, we had to turn her towards the, the back door because the light was coming in there good and we could see that little zipper and figure out where the, where the hitch was. I'm getting ready to hopefully section hike a, a portion of the Appalachian Trail and I've done some overnight camping and my backpack weighed 45 pounds the first time around, and I did it, but man, I want it lighter, and I've been able to get it down like, like almost 20 pounds, and, and I, I'll be able to walk lighter because of it. So let's see what Paul has to say about this. Ephesians 4, 17, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That doesn't sound like light. None of that is light. All of that is heavy. All of that are all, all of that is describing default responses that we can have in life, that, that before coming to Christ, that was our default. We were hopelessly confused. Our minds were full of darkness. We were wandering far from God. Our hearts were hardened. We were living for pleasure and practicing everything. That is a heavy walk. That walk is... So I can feel that. I feel that. I feel that in my voice. I feel that in my body. That walk has you wandering from the life that God's got for you. The one that he's planned for you. And you're going to miss so many opportunities that he's got when we walk like that. Verse 20 has got a great but, though. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted, corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That isn't what you learned about Christ. You have new life in him. That weight is not for you anymore. You do not have to have that weight. You are his masterpiece, and he is the light of the world. Light can bring energy. Light can bring clarity. Light can allow you to see the path in front of you, and we can be lighter without the weight of our sinful choices because we have choices. We have so many choices. But instead of looking at those as like default things that we don't have choices, that we're just kind of like wandering in the default, 
we can look at those as, as opportunities for different choices, for different responses. So many opportunities. I probably missed a number of them this morning, just in the time that we've been here. But there are so many opportunities to have God transform our thoughts, our attitudes, so many opportunities and choices to put on our new nature, to, to have a disciplined response of, oh, no, that's not what I want. I can take this off. That, that new nature is, is like my lighter backpack. It's better. It's easier to walk in. It's easier to walk with. What are some of the options that you got? What are some of the choices that you can make? Well, just I'm going to blow through some in Ephesians here that, that Paul shares. So here are, so here are the, the old nature things to throw off. Verse 26, don't sin by letting, oh, sorry, verse 25, stop telling lies. 26, don't sin by letting anger control you. 28, if you're a thief, quit it. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Can you identify some of these areas here that, that you struggle with? Some variation, maybe something not listed? As a kitchen person, growing up as a kitchen person, um, I was not saved as a kitchen person. And foul language was... My first language, that was, uh, you work in a kitchen and it's just swearing left and right. That from a, from a default perspective, I didn't think about it. Those were just the words that came out of my mouth. If it was, yeah, I could use, I could use the F word as a noun, a verb, an adverb, all of those things, all in one sentence. And it made sense to us. But at some point, I had to choose. I chose differently. Wanted, I wanted something different. I threw off that sinful behavior. I ten, intentionally chose a disciplinary, a disciplinary response to not. And when I became a believer, I just reinforced that. I was like, oh, this is, this is what he wants for me. What do you need to throw off? What does God want in that moment? What is the opportunity before you? How can you press pause, get your mind right, and step up and walk lightly? In those same verses where, where we've got the don'ts, don't do these things, here, here are some options. Here are some disciplinary responses. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. Use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to those in need. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Walking lightly isn't easy. Oh, it's so much better. It's so much better. next is walk this way, walk his way. Uh, any young Frankenstein watchers? So there's a couple of hands that go up here. So if you've not seen young Frankenstein, Shirley's kind of giggling here. So uh, Frederick Frankenstein, it's not Frankenstein, meets Igor, Igor, just depending on what mode he's in. 
And, and Igor is telling uh, Froderick Frankenstein to walk this way, to follow him to the, to the cart. And, and, and of course, Igor's got a hump, he's got a limp, he's got a cane, walk this way. And, and Frankenstein is looking at him and, and he goes like, walk this way. And he hands him over the cane and then Frankenstein walks that way. It's a great scene. I was going to pull it up there, but I figured it would be better for me to imitate it. <laughs> Igor was encouraging Frankenstein to imitate him. Walk this way. If you've got kids, there are probably fascinating ways that your kids imitate you. We were, we were, we were talking with Rowan, and she'll appreciate this. We were talking with Rowan about driving. We were driving down Broad Street, and we came up along her, and she was driving down Broad Street. And what I was grateful for, she didn't see us, but she had like four or five car lengths in front of her before the next car. And it was like, yeah, granny driver. I am a, I'm a speed limit, multi-cars behind. I don't care if somebody gets in front of me. I'll get there. And, and Rowan imitates that. It's beautiful. Aiden drives more like his mother. It's, yes, drives, drives me nuts. Driving with both of them, riding with both of them is, is tough. But they imitate us. And there are other ways, too, that they imitate us, for, for better or for worse. But this is what we're called to as well. Ephesians 5. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I look at this verse, and I start thinking about where, how I am walking, and am I a pleasing aroma to God? And I know the sarcastic part of me is, in me is like, just wants to rip that apart and have fun as a joke that, oh, you're an aroma. Is it pleasing? No, you just put some deodorant on. Seriously, though, am I a pleasing aroma to Amy? Am I a pleasing aroma to my kids? Am I a pleasing aroma to the staff? Am I a pleasing aroma here? In that, in that thought, I get to ask myself these questions. What does God want in this moment? What is the opportunity before me? How can I press pause, get my mind right, step up, and walk his way? Before I was a believer, I would probably say that that walk is, that walk is really hard. And, 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 and to a certain extent, that walk is not easy. The walk is not easy. But then, I, but then I look at what Jesus said in Matthew. And he says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's like all of Ephesians right there. It's all of Ephesians in, in, in one sentence by Jesus. Come, sit here. Come, reflect on this. 
Come, imitate me. Walk this way. You might think it's hard, but really it's, it's easy. The challenge is that we've, that we've become so complacent in some of our default responses that making that shift is hard. Who here hates it when you're in a dark room and somebody turns on the lights without giving you a heads up? Yes. Is that because the light is hard? It's just the transition. The light is beautiful. That light turns on and now I can see. That light turns on and now it's and now it's warm. The light's easy. The trans- that, that initial transition is hard. The shift can seem hard. But what he has to offer is, is just so much better. It's so much easier. Walking that way, walking his way is a discipline that we need to invest in, to work on, that, that the, default, the default wandering is not going to get us to where we want to be or where he wants us to be. The encouraging thing about it, just like almost anything that we try to get better at, is that with more practice, with more focus, with more intentionality, we actually get better at it. It gets easier. When it comes to, to exercising or eating well or playing guitar, my boy is learning how to play guitar. My boy is learning how to play guitar, and he is, he is being intentional and disciplined. I came downstairs, and I said, dude, that sounds like Wonderwall. <clears throat> he goes, that's as, that's as close as you can get to sounding like Wonderwall and also being as far away as sounding like Wonderwall. <clears throat> and in a couple weeks, it'll probably sound a little bit more like Wonderwall, as he invests his discipline in that. It's no different than, than what, what Jesus is asking for in Matthew 11. Come to me. Come to me. I know you're weary and burdened. I'm going to give you a rest. Who needs a rest? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is the better way. This is the better way. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What do you need to do to take the step to walk more his way? Some of it might be just like what we're doing today is looking in scripture. That, that, that if, if I'm looking at those first verses that, that we shared in Ephesians 4 or Ephesians 5, it was... Oh, I can pray to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I need to give thanks. Oh, I can worship. Well, that might be what I need to do. When it comes to your marriage, you might have the opportunity to go, oh, I probably need to humble myself here right now. Maybe I need to figure out how to uh, walk worthy and step into a gentle space. If, if these things are like totally contrary to what your experience is, that first time is going to be hard. And it's probably not going to totally land how you want it to do. 
from the from the press pause, get your mind right and step up thing, there's a, a fourth step in that. And that fourth one is to adjust and adapt. That I'm going to press pause. I'm going to get my mind right. I'm going to step up into this response. I'm going to step up into this disciplined behavior. And then I'm going to reflect on that. Did that go well? It did. It went pretty well, but, but I want it to be better next time. I got to adjust. I'm going to do it differently next time. Did, did how you responded, did that, did that really imitate what God wants? What do I need to do to adjust and, and make it a little bit different? When it comes to walking in discipline, to walking worthy, to walking lightly and walking his way, um, as we practice it more, we get better. And what's cool is as, as we get better, as we become more like Jesus, the opportunities that we get will be more and bigger. That as your mind and attitude and behaviors transform, he's going to say, oh, this is what I got for you. You might be in a place right now where it's like, I don't think God's got anything for me. And, and the challenge then would be, would be to look at what you're doing. Are you walking like you were dead? Are you reverting back to the way that you were? Is your heart kind of getting a little bit hard? Maybe something needs to change there. There's a, there's a word in Christianity that, that I think traditionally we all hate, and that is uh, repent. Repent. I know for years I had a, a challenge with the word repent because it sounds like repent, right? That, that's, that's, the, uh, that's kind of like the feel, the vibe. But really, it, it means to turn and move in the right direction. I'm a hiker. I've, I've found myself lost in the woods a number of times. Well, Denny's over here. He's, he sent me to some places to hike. He's a hiker. He knows. You get lost. You realize, oh, I think I'm going the wrong way. In our old dead life, we'd be like, screw it, I'm still going that way. But we can look at a map and go, oh, this is the direction I need to go. I need to repent. <laughs> I need to repent from the wrong direction I was going and going the right way. And from a, from a Christian perspective, repentance leads to Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Turn to me. Here's the rest. Turn to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. Turn to me. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Repent is not a scary word. It is a word of worship. It is a word of It is loaded with grace and kindness and mercy because he's asking us to. This is better. Come on, come this way. Repent and move in that direction. Repent and move in his direction. And see what he has for you. What does God want in this moment? What is the opportunity before me? I can press pause, get my mind right, and step up right now. 
we've got this thing known as the culture playbook. If, I'm assuming that most of you have heard of the culture playbook because I go on and on and on about it. But it's this little card right here. And the culture playbook, we've got a picture up here is, I'm not going to touch the screen. We've got our BBO, is a belief, behavior, and an outcome. There are these aspects that, that as, as pastoral staff, we use like this. So here are the things that we want to focus on at Simple Church. These are the things that we believe in. We believe in connection. We believe in excellence. We believe in generosity. We believe in growth. And we believe in purpose. And there are these outcomes that, that we deeply desire, not just for, for us as staff, but for you as individuals and, and as a church. These outcomes. We have, a passionate, we have passionate relationships with God and others. We glorify God through all we do. We trust God and impact the world. We are more like Jesus every day. We understand our purpose and make a difference. Those are the outcomes that we desire. Those are the beliefs that we have, the outcomes that we desire. And then the in-between is how we get to walk. That if we walk his way, if we walk this way, that will get us closer to the outcomes that not just we desire, but that he desires. In light of, in light of this message here, so excellence, we believe in excellence. Way for me to step up, I'm going to do the right thing. That communion fiasco, I did not do the right thing. The next day, I got to do the right thing. In light of excellence, we get to glorify God through all we do. I know that how I walk or how I reflect his light has an impact on not just the people around me, but how I am seeing glorifying God. From a growth perspective, from a growth perspective, we remain teachable and learn with humility. Then I'm going to put intention in my personal and spiritual development. And where does that lead me? I'm more like Jesus. Am I exactly like Jesus? No, but I'm working on it. I'm taking those steps. I'm walking that walk. What's the step that you need to take today? You might be sitting here going, I didn't do great yesterday. Or this last week, this last year, man, I can't even remember when I did great. But in this moment, you have the opportunity to take a step. In this moment, we get to, to pause and pray and grasp what the next step is. Today is the day. The moment is now. You've got a choice. What does that mean for you? Not a, I have not a clue. I don't know what your moment is. I'm going to give you a moment when it comes to to saying yes to Jesus, but, but there might be something else that you're grappling with. It's like, oh, I've got another moment. Maybe there's somebody in this room where it's like, oh, my moment is to go up to them and, and apologize. Maybe that moment is to share a thanksgiving, to pray for someone. Maybe that moment is to, to make a phone call and, and set something right. Maybe that moment is to share a testimony, to share a story. Maybe that moment is to ask for help. I want to walk better, but I need others to do it, to help me with it, to walk along with me. What is your moment? What's the opportunity before you? How is it that you can step up?
as we get ready to wrap up here, I'm going to reflect back on the prayer in Ephesians 3. Because ultimately, this all just points back to him. This points back to him and, and, and the desire to know him better, to understand him more, and to have the confidence that comes from that understanding. Good grief, I want that. So let's, so let's, let's pray. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. And I'm going to pray through Ephesians, and then we'll just continue on in prayer. Father, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to you, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you will empower us with the inner strength through your spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Our roots will grow down into God's love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, then we'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Father, I, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to come here in worship, in community, in thanksgiving, in prayer, in praise, and in repentance. I thank you for I thank you for the foundation of Jesus and the community that you're building on top of him. Father, I pray that you show us what a next step is. I pray that your Holy Spirit is, is, is not just whispering softly, but screaming loudly in our ears when we need to press pause and get our mind right. I pray that you give us the strength, the will, the desire, the power to walk your way and see our lives transformed to bring you glory, Father. If this morning you're in a place where, you know what? Today is my day of repentance. Today is my day. I'm going to turn to Jesus for a first time, third time, hundredth time, if, if this morning is that moment, if you're going to seize the opportunity to turn to him and walk his way, I encourage you to raise your hand. Let me know that you're here. Acknowledge that he's the way. He's going to make this easy. His yoke is easy. This moment, we'll, we'll say a prayer together. And it is, it is a prayer of repentance. It is a prayer of worship. It is a prayer of, of thanksgiving and praise. And the power is in all of that. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this opportunity. This morning, I repent, and I turn towards you, and I begin my walk anew. Give me the strength to follow after you. 
it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. There were hands that went up this morning. There were opportunities that were seized this morning. And that moment, thank you. I can't applaud with a microphone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.